Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Good morning. Welcome to our church. We do welcome you to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church. Um, we are passing around a couple of clipboards for you if you're interested. Uh, we serve the, the community dinner in Niagara Falls every single Thursday. So number one, it's a great serving opportunity. We're always looking for people to help with that. But the only way that we can actually make this uh, dinner available is through your donations. And it's, it's a wonderful blessing that you've been giving through this all along. And so that's what the clipboards are for. So you can uh, sign up to, uh, to participate and also to donate food so that we can continue with that. Um, also, announcement-wise, we do have uh, all of our Wednesday night programs starting up again this Wednesday, except for line dancing. They don't start until February 1st, but everything else, all our Bible studies, choirs, uh, youth um, meetings, all the children's programs, everything starts back up again this Wednesday. All right? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here gathering us together to worship you. We pray thanks to you for your many blessings and may everything we say and do in this worship experience glorify you. Fill us with your presence, Lord, as we lift up your name. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together, We Three Kings.
Spirit. And I'd like to invite any of the children to come on up. Are there any kids that can come on up? Are there any kids that want to come up? You want to come up? coming up here. Good morning. Come on up. Come and look and see who's here by our manger scene. This is There's shepherds and Jesus and Mary and Joseph, but somebody got there. The kings got there. They finally made it. They've been traveling and traveling and traveling for the longest time trying to get to see the new king, baby Jesus, who was born to be a king. How do you think they knew that there was going to be a new king born? They live way, way, way far away from Bethlehem. How do you think they knew? Did God tell them? Do you think God sent them a sign, didn't he? You know who they were? They were really, really smart people who studied all the time. But you, and you know what they studied? They looked at the sky. They looked at the stars. Did you ever look out at the stars at night? When the sky is clear and you can see all of them twinkling bright in the sky? Isn't it neat? Well, they noticed one day, because they looked at the sky every night, and they studied the sky every night, and they watched how the different constellations would go by, and they wondered about why that happened. And one day, when they were looking out at night, they saw this great, big, brand new star. And they said, what the heck is that? And they thought about it. And they did some studying about it. And they discovered that it meant there was going to be something brand new happening and that they should follow that star. God sent the star, didn't he? God sent the star so that the kings would know 
that something very new and very special was happening. And so that's what we celebrate today. God can speak to your life, too. Sometimes God will show you signs about how much God loves you. Do you know what one of the biggest signs is? When somebody gives you a big hug. When somebody gives you a hug, it's because they love you, right? It's because they love you. And you know that love comes from God. So if somebody hugs you because they love you, that means God loves you too, doesn't it? Does anybody have anything they're thankful for today? Family. Thank you for relaxing. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Dear God in heaven, we are so grateful for the signs that you give us that you love us. We are thankful for the signs you give us that lead us to Jesus. Help us, Lord, to always be looking for the signs, like the wise men, to always be looking for where you might be leading. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I think you've got some church school time that you can go to. thankful that we live in an age where we have great medicine. <laughs> oh, I don't know about you all, but we've been having uh, that there's an icky bug going around and um, I've been sick all week. But even more than the medicine, I am so incredibly thankful for my husband. My husband was there. He, it's just like God giving the hugs. He, you know, right there cared for me with, a you know, tissues, antibacterial, <laughs> everything was great. And I'm just thankful and I have someone in my life who just really is caring for me and, and knowing that God also cares for me. And we all have, especially as a church family, people here who love and care for us. And it's just something to be really thankful for, to be part of a community, to be part of a family, to have people in our lives that love us. What a blessing as we reflect on just how good God is. Let's return our gifts, ties, and offerings to the Lord.
thank you for your many gifts. We thank you for your love. And we give back to you this offering as a reflection of our great love for you. May these gifts spread your love throughout this world. May it be a blessing and a light in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We have some uh, prayer concerns to share with everyone. Um, please pray for Sam Matina, that's Sam Matina Sr., um, not only for his um, injury, but also the loss of his house in the fire. Um, he, he, yeah, let's keep Sam Matina in prayer. Also, we have many in our church community with health concerns. Please pray for uh, Carmen Falbo, Don Jackman, and Linda Barzakowski as they go through their health concerns. Um, and again, all of our <laughs> all of our sicknesses and people in our hearts. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and loving Lord, we come to you this day with love in our hearts, praising your name and wanting to be a blessing to you. And we pray, Lord, thanks to you for the many blessings in our lives. And we know that you love and you bless in so many ways. We pray your blessings upon this church, that you will shower this church with your wisdom and your love, that we will make wise and godly decisions. We pray for the people in our lives, in our community who are struggling financially, that they will seek you and they will be guided by your hand. Show them the way, Lord. We pray for those who are struggling physically. May your healing touch be upon them. Heal their brokenness. Take away pain. Surround them with your presence and give them your peace. Help us to be a loving community, lifting up and surrounding those who are hurting with your love and your grace. Lord, we pray for those who don't know you yet, and we pray that you will reach into their hearts, open up their hearts and their minds, that they may be open to experiencing you, to giving their lives over to you. We know you could do powerful, wonderful glorious things, Lord, and we pray that you'll do that in the lives of the people we love. Draw them closer to you. We're placing them all in your hands. We pray for our world as we start a new year that you'll head us on a path toward peace and unity. Guide us, Lord, to focus on you that you are more important than anything else that's going on in our lives. Help us to see where you are in the midst of our lives and anything we're going through and to trust in you for all things. Lord, I praise you and I glorify you and I trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Our first reading today is from James 5, verses 7 through 11. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. this video I'm excited about my um, my noisemaker that Pastor Sherry brought me because I was in bed by 930 last night <laughs> happy new year Mickey Mouse counting the old year out and the new year in at Disneyland with spectacular fireworks shows to add to the excitement then everybody breaks into old Lang Syne or 
whatever words they sing make up the song. Most people have no idea what Old Lang Syne means, but we sing it anyway. It's a tradition that carries with it sentimental value and some sense of closing the chapter on the old year and bringing in the new. The words Old Lang Syne mean times long past or long ago. The song, by the way, it has five verses in it, I looked it up, is about friends. Friends who have experienced life together, making a toast to the old memories, promising never to forget them. There's a sense in the lyrics, and you can find them online, both in um, the old form, what the actual poem that was written in the 18th century was, and a more um, modern version of it to help us understand what the words actually mean. You can find it online. But there's a sense that some of the memories that these folks are toasting about are fond memories. And some of the memories are memories of times of trouble between them. As we look over the past year, I'm sure we can all recall times when we were enjoying the company of our friends and our families, times of fun and love, feeling comfortable and assured because we were in agreement and all moving in the same loving direction together. But I'll bet we can also recall times when there were differences, arguments, disillusionment brought about by anger among us, by the disappointments of life. Some of those divisions may still be unresolved, even as we worship God here this morning. We find ourselves in need of the healing expressed in Auld Lang Syne. As the words make it clear that our relationships are made up of good and bad, the old life and the new. Maybe you noticed on the way in, um, there was a sign out there that said to please bring, uh, pick up a note card and an envelope. If you didn't do that and you'd like one, would you like shoot up your hand and let us know? Because I think a lot of people did, but... If you're in need of a note card and an envelope, Jim's got them and Adrian's got some. You're going to need them later. Here's what I want you to do if you've already got one and, and you get one, or you get one now. I want you to address the envelope to yourself. Okay? You don't have to just be an adult to do this. Teenagers, kid, you know, older kids, you, you all can do this. Um, address the envelope to yourself with your full name and address and everything. Up in the corner where the stamp will go, I want you to write a date, any date, sometime in 2017, that you would like to receive this. Because what's going to be on the card is something between you and God, something that you want to offer to God of yourself that you might want to be reminded about. Oh, on your birthday or an anniversary, the 4th of July, I don't know, maybe October 7th. 
We'll talk more about that later. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Don't grumble against each other. James wrote this letter to Christians who were becoming impatient with each other, who weren't seeing their circumstances in the same ways, from the same perspective. These Christians had become more concerned about their own prosperity than about sharing the love God had given them in Christ by caring for one another, by caring for those in need. They had become bitter, envious, selfish people. I didn't say it. The word of God did. Look it up. In their pride, they had become more interested in succeeding according to worldly ways than in serving God humbly by bringing peace into difficult situations. More than once, James uses the word slander to describe the way people were talking about one another for the purpose of advancing themselves. Have you ever heard a Christian brother or sister speak about someone else in a way that is harmful? Slander is a deliberate attempt to undermine someone else for our own advantage. The Christians James was writing to had chosen, again, this is what the word says, they had chosen to become God's enemies by becoming friends of the world. James told the people that all this was of the devil. The answer to the problem in the church is also provided in the letter. Be patient until the Lord's coming. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit that demonstrates God is actually in our lives and we're allowing God to be active. Throughout Advent and into this Christmas season we're enjoying, we have been talking about the fruits of the Spirit that God causes to grow in us when we live our lives the way God has taught us through Jesus Christ. We see nativity scenes with the baby Jesus in the manger. We sing, joy to the world, the Lord come, remembering what happened over 2,000 years ago. But are we looking patiently to the time when Jesus will return? Are we living our lives in patient preparation for the great day when Jesus comes again? Are we offering ourselves to God in the way that the Magi did? Or is our focus getting on our own worldly needs met at the expense of caring for others more often than maybe we should? Today in church, we're celebrating Epiphany. Epiphany actually comes on Friday, but today's the Sunday we're celebrating it. That means, by the way, that we're still in Christmas, so you can still enjoy, have some eggnog and all that other good stuff. It's the day that Christians remember the Magi's visit to the baby Jesus and recognize that Jesus has come to us in human flesh. 
God and man in one. These wise men, we sometimes call them kings, had spent their lives seeking wisdom through their studies, patiently examining the changes in the skies above them over years and years in the hope of gaining knowledge of God. They eventually noticed something new and different. They noticed the stars that drew them close to God in a very real, very physical, tangible way. My husband, Romney, has been known to say that he believes if anyone is truly seeking God, in whatever way they're trying, if their real goal is to get to God, that eventually they're going to end up face-to-face -face with Jesus Christ. And then, whatever their opinion about Christianity and God might be, they're going to have to deal with that face-to-face -face encounter with Christ. The wise men took a long, long journey after long, long years of study. And what happened for them? They came face to face with Jesus. And when they found him, they bowed down. They worshipped him, and they offered him gifts of great value. These were gifts that represented their understanding of the great king they were about to meet. The gift of gold honors Christ as God. By the way, it might also have been the, the resource that they needed to make the travel, their, their travels to Egypt to escape King Herod. They were going to need some way of supporting themselves to make that journey and to live for a good couple of years while Herod was looking to kill him. Frankincense was a symbol of holiness and righteousness. It was burned as an offering to God. It was also prophetic in light of Jesus having become the holy sacrifice for sin. Myrrh symbolizes the bitterness, the suffering and affliction that Jesus would experience in his earthly life. It was a spice that was used for embalming, Could also be used to make a drink that would cause an overall numbness in the body, like a, like a narcotic might. Jesus was offered a drink like this when he was crucified. Through their patient study, the wise men knew exactly how to honor the new king that the star had led them to. Do Christians know how to honor God today? What gifts do we bring? What do we offer to God? Patient study of God's word, time in prayer and worship, and seeking to know God better has the effect of leading God's people to live their lives according to the pattern Jesus established during his time on earth. This fruit, this allows the fruit of patience 
to grow in us so that we can actually be able to keep from grumbling against one another. Patience also helps us grow in godly attitudes about the world around us. There is trouble in the world, amen? James reminds us that we are to be patient in the midst of suffering and to persevere until the time when we see what the Lord will finally do because of God's mercy and compassion. Too often, like the early Christians, we are more focused on ourselves and on wanting something to change and be fixed immediately than on living godly lives of faithfulness, doing what God has called us to do when we don't really see what the end is. Lack of patience such a destructive thing. It's destructive in our relationships, too. People become impatient when their opinion about the world differs from someone else's. The immediacy of social media, like Twitter and Facebook, compel people to respond immediately. I would say their reactions because they're so immediate are often foolish. People go back and forth, exchanging sound bites with sound bites, no one taking time to consider what has actually been said. What they themselves are perceived as saying, or even having truly considered all the information that's really necessary to coming up with an opinion that has any truth at all. Whether it's politics, religion, education, global warming, or whatever, people today, even Christians, are quick to believe what they think sounds good to them, but lack the patience to check into what they're hearing. People have been conditioned to react fast, to fast-moving hype, to be expected to shoot back a quick answer for fear they'll miss the moment. That's what our culture teaches. But the church is supposed to be the counterculture. The church is supposed to be leading people out of the evil of the world by patiently enduring suffering and being patient with those who respond. We respond in order to be the example of seeking godly. Instead, many Christians have chosen up sides and shut others out, putting their own ideas of what is needed in the way of being able to offer the gifts that God has given us. It even happens in Christian families. Sometimes we're so focused on what we need, what we expect someone else to give us, that we miss the fact that we're not giving them. I heard a quote the other day that hits this point really well. It's by a man named uh, W.H. Auden. Try and catch this. Many promising reconciliations have been broken down because while both parties came to forgive, 
neither party came prepared to be forgiven. We don't like to think of ourselves as having done something to another that needs forgiving. The lack of patience among us leads us to treat each other harshly, sarcastically, sometimes even maliciously. It's true. Take a look at your Facebook page. How does it make you feel when someone posts something about an issue that just cuts into your heart? How do you respond? Do you hit back? Do you ignore it, hoping that it will go away? Or do you patiently take time to seek God and respond gently with godly wisdom that can really make a difference instead of sound bites that we might have picked up from worldly people that, well, kind of make us look like arrogant fools? Scripture teaches us that the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and is patient for the autumn and the spring rains. The prophets of old were patient in the midst of suffering. The wise men, they took that long, hard journey seeking God. Each looked forward to seeing what God would finally bring about. God knows so much more about our lives, so much more about our situations than we can possibly imagine. We do our best with what God has given us, and then we must give it all over to God because we don't know what God knows. We make the mistake of trusting in what we think, in what we hear from others without finding out for ourselves instead of patiently trusting in God, the source of everything we need to know. For the early church, James wrote a message of correction and hope. If they would persevere in the faith, humbly seek God to meet their needs, and treat others with patience and gentleness, their prayers would be effective. And they would save many from evil and from sin and from death. For us today, church, the message is the same. We, as we look forward to Jesus' return, if we take the time to patiently grow in God's grace, the fruit of patience will continue to grow in us. Then we'll be able to respond gently, patiently, and with godly wisdom that will draw many people. Told you, I didn't get to do this last night. Ah! Happy New Year! Yeah, some of you are awake. All right. Very good. Do you know why people make lots of noise at New Year's Eve? It's an old, ancient, I mean ancient, ancient tradition. The tradition from ancient times is that using noisemakers and blowing off all kinds of fireworks drove out evil spirits. We thought we were just having a good time. 
Yeah, they thought they were driving out evil spirits, and people wanted the evil to be out of their lives from the beginning of a new year. I think we drive out evil spirits by doing what we need to be doing to allow God to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we finish up the series on the fruit of the Spirit, let's see if we remember them all. Are you ready? Here we go. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Awesome, you've got it. The scripture in Galatians, where this list is found, also tells us those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. It goes on to say, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. We have to be so careful in this world, don't we? It is so easy to fall into the trap of reacting to other people's opinions and actions rather than holding on firmly to Christ and letting those fruits shine out of us. Conflict is part of the human condition. It's a result of sin in the world. Our job as Christians is not to solve all the problems of the world or to somehow think we can fix the human condition. Our job as Christians is to show God's grace, to be patient and gentle as we bring God's perspective into people's lives, even people who really, really offend us, to show them someone cares about the lack of goodness, about the lack of true love in this world. That's what the fruit is for. That's why God saved us. Right now, we're going to take a minute and offer up our confession to God. We're going to prepare our hearts to receive all that God has for us, to receive Holy Communion. What does God have for you this New Year? Not one of us does this Christian thing perfectly. We're saved by God's grace, but God is still working on us. So we confess our shortcomings, and we ask for forgiveness, and we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and change us. Let's take a minute. Heavenly Father, I have sinned. I have not loved you with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I have not loved my neighbor as myself. At least not as much as I could, Lord. Help me, Lord. Grow the fruit of the Spirit in me. And help me not to be stingy with it. Help me to show it forth. 
with your grace. Help me to be patient and gentle with everyone I encounter, no matter how much they bug me, because I want them to see you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God loves you so much. All we have to do is offer it up to God. All we have to do is acknowledge who we are and who God is and that we need to be forgiven. And God will come in and help us. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. You know, we have to cooperate by recognizing what God wants to change in us and do something about it. We have to get to know God better. Not who we think God is or who we want God to be, but who God really is. Reading the Bible, spending time in prayer and in worship are the most important ways to do that. They're how we get filled up with God for whatever God is doing in our lives, for whatever God wants us to do. We eat, we drink water, and we breathe every single day because we have to do it to sustain our bodies. Our spirits need sustaining food, sustaining water, and sustaining breath, too. And this is how we get it, through reading our Bible, through worship, and through prayer. It's how we get to know more of God and to receive the power from the Spirit that we need to produce the fruit in our lives. What changes does God want to make in your life this year? I wrote mine down and put it in the basket yesterday, <clears throat> the evening service. Before we start to sing, we're going to take a moment to silently consider what God asks us to offer to him of ourselves. This isn't stewardship week. We're not asking you to make financial pledges. It's more than that. It's beyond that. It's about who we are in Christ. You've already addressed your envelope and written in a date that you want to get it back. On the card. You want to write what God is speaking to you. What does God want to see happen in your life this year? No one's going to see it. It's between you and God. When you're done, you're going to put it in the envelope and seal it up tight. They're coming straight to me, and nobody's seeing them except you and God. But when it's time, you'll receive it back.
moment. So what do we bring before God this morning? All that we have, all that we are, because it all came from God first. The greatest gift we can offer God, well, it's one of the really great ones, is the desire to become the one that God created each of us to be before sin got into the mix. God knew each one of us from before the beginning of time. And God had in mind who we are each supposed to be when we desire to be that person. That is a great gift to give God. To not want to be self in sin. To want to be that perfect creation of God. So we're going to say a prayer right now together. Careful. God answers prayer. This is a prayer that is based on, it's a more contemporary version so we can get the language a little better. But it's a version of the covenant prayer that John Wesley put together for people to come into covenant with God in the way God intends. Will you pray with me? I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine, and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made here on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen. When you come forward for communion, you're welcome to drop those envelopes in this basket as an offering to God. Thank you. 
thanksgiving, hearing all God has done for us. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth, from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. You sent a star to guide wise men to where Christ was born. And in your signs and witnesses, in every age and through all the world, you have led your people from far places to Jesus' light. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you, poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. 
Amen. And shall we pray together with the confidence of the children of God, the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving this morning please come forward? Okay, one, two, three, two, eight. And here we go. <laughs> so much. Was ready. Everyone is welcome at the table in the United Methodist Church. If you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace, and seek to live as God called you to live, you are welcome to come and partake. So come. You receive prayer by intinction. Breaking off a piece of the bread will be handed to you, and you'll dip it in the cup. You're welcome to light a candle and say a prayer. Stop at the rail for prayer and anointing with oil. Be blessed. God loves you. Be blessed. God has given you everything you need to serve him well.
I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together the first Noel. Now, God has given us great gifts to offer to God. We have all of the royal gifts that the, the um, wise men had. We have them. They're in our lives. We are a kingdom of priests serving our God and Father. Did you know that? We are godly royalty. So we can offer that royal gift 
of, of gold to God. We are holy before the Lord because God has made us so. So we offer the holy frankincense, our holiness back to God because it came from God. And the myrrh, we have bitterness in our lives, don't we? We have troubles in our lives because of sin. We offer that to God too, knowing that God will take it because he bears our burdens, amen? Amen. As you go this morning, be ready to offer what God would have you offer to him this year. How are you going to start? Take your little good news. If you didn't pick one up in the bulletin on, the way, on, on your way in, take one on your way out. Don't toss it. Inside is the beginning. There's a way to start praying five minutes a day. Five minutes a day. You can do that. There's a way to read through your Bible and get into it. The list is there. It's going to be on Facebook this year, I know. Also, that covenant prayer that we prayed together, you want to remember what that prayer was? That prayer is printed in here too. Tuck it in your Bible. Tuck it in your purse or your wallet. Remember what God has done for you. As you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you this whole new year. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lifting up his countenance upon you. May the Lord grant you love and joy and peace and grow lots of spiritual fruit so that you can shine with the grace of God wherever you go. Go in peace. Amen.